presented by Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Munavalan. It's Wednesday. Today's show, breaking down Monday's confounding opinion from Judge Eileen Cannon. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. You might recall the Judge Eileen Cannon, the 41-year-old Trump appointee, who was confirmed in the days after the 2020 election, granted the former president's request to appoint a special master to review the documents taken from Mar-a-Lago, and enjoined the Department of Justice, quote, from reviewing and using the seized materials for investigative purposes. She ordered the Office of the Director of National Intelligence to continue its damage assessment review of the documents. Lawyers are, by definition, a quarrelsome bunch, and members of the pundit bar are especially quick to second-guess any opinions that aren't theirs, but they are also as ideologically divided as the rest of the country. So it's notable that while Cannon has had little trouble finding political support for her decision, she has been largely alone when it comes to support for her legal arguments. One experienced Florida attorney told Politico's Matt Dixon, quote, she is obviously very bright, obviously very conservative, and obviously very inexperienced. Even former Trump Attorney General Bill Barr piled on, quote, The opinion, I think, was wrong, and I think the government should appeal it. It's deeply flawed in a number of ways. I don't think the appointment of a special master is going to hold up. As Barr's comments attested, the condemnation and confusion about the ruling has only deepened since Monday. Playbook's Ryan Lizza has a breakdown of the criticisms as well as the scarce canon defenses out there in today's playbook. Check it out at politico.com playbook. Politico's Zach Montalero reports this morning that there's a strange set of dynamics in the most competitive governor's races at the moment. Democrats are growing more optimistic about their odds in Midwestern swing states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, while Republicans increasingly like their odds out West in Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, and even Oregon. Overall, Democrats are largely playing defense in November. Senate Republicans tried to tamp down the burgeoning feud between Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and NRSC Chair Rick Scott over campaign strategy at a Tuesday meeting. Politico's Burgess Everett and Marianne Levine report, quote, Republican senators said after the meeting that there was little talk inside McConnell's leadership suite of a split between Scott and the GOP leader. Still, the divide hung over the Senate's return like Washington's steamy early September weather. But the NRSC's money woes are worrying Republican senators, some of whom, quote, are maneuvering to make up for the committee's cash shortfall, with discussions underway to take matters into their own hands to circumvent the NRC entirely and directly help candidates. CNN's Manu Raju and Alex Rogers report. There's growing worry about the committee's ability to fund mailers to turn out Republicans, and McConnell is moving on. He's working the phones, quote, well beyond his traditional call list to pull in extra money for the Senate leadership fund. And a pro-Mehmet Oz group is going up with a TV ad targeting black voters on one of Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman's biggest political liabilities in the Senate race, the 2013 incident in which he pulled a gun on a black jogger, reports NBC's Mark Caputo. Notably missing from the ad, the jogger himself is now a Fetterman supporter. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 1.30, President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will host Barack and Michelle Obama for the unveiling of their official portraits in the East Room, with Vice President Kamala Harris and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff also attending. But while Barack and Michelle Obama will be back at the White House today for what's expected to be a jovial affair, under the surface among their allies, there's, quote, long-simmering tension and even some jealousy between the circles around Obama and Biden, reports Tyler Pager from the Washington Post. Each group feels the other has shown insufficient respect, and Pager that the president's, quote, bromance was always exaggerated. I actually feel the same way about Politico's Kara Tabor. I'm kidding. She did a great job. Press Secretary Green Jean-Pierre will brief at 2.45 p.m. The Senate is in today with the recess from 12.30 to 2.15 for weekly conference meetings. The House is out today. And in terrible House news, Chad Pergram from Fox News reports that the House looks unlikely to take up the bill making daylight saving time permanent. 
All right, for more news on what's breaking in DC right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Winovalin. Have a good Wednesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. When you're in school, you can't ignore deadlines. Actually, adults can't either. But that's what the FDA is doing with flavored e-cigarettes. And it's putting kids at risk. They've ignored deadline after deadline to protect kids from nicotine-loaded flavored e-cigarettes, defying Congress and courts. Letting tobacco companies hook more kids, threatening their brain development, attention, and learning. Kids can't ignore deadlines. Neither should the FDA. Join the campaign for tobacco-free kids in calling on the FDA to eliminate flavored e-cigarettes now.